Welcome back to our study of eschatology. This is session number five of our study of the doctrine of last things. And we are talking this week about the return of Christ. And by talking about the return of Christ, we are now shifting from our focus on personal eschatology to a focus on cosmic eschatology. Remember, per personal eschatology is what is going to happen at our end, at my end. We talked about death, we talked about burial, we talked about the intermediate state, what happens when we die. And now we are talking about cosmic eschatology, what is going to happen at the end of the world as we know it. And that subject begins with the return of Christ. So that's going to be our focus today. And we're going to look at four foundational truths from Scripture about the return of Christ. Four things that the Scripture says quite plainly about Jesus' return. And the first one is the simple fact that Christ will return. This is a non-negotiable, first order, every Christian believes this doctrine. Uh, the return of Christ is right up there with uh, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the deity of Christ. This is a foundational doctrine that all Christians must believe and affirm and confess that Jesus will come back, that Jesus will return. This is taught in multiple places in Scripture. Let's we'll start with Acts chapter 10, or excuse me, Acts chapter 1, verse 10 and verse 11, when Jesus ascended into heaven after his resurrection. It says, and while they were still gazing into heaven as he went, that is his disciples who were there when he ascended, as they were still gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So just as you saw Jesus ascend into heaven, he is going to come back, these angels say. John 14, verses 2 and 3, Jesus himself talking to his disciples on the eve of his crucifixion, the night before he went to the cross, he said, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. So Jesus says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, but I will come again to take you to myself. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 and 16 says, For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Jesus is going to return. Hebrews 9.28 says, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So the first time he came to deal with sin, to die on the cross and rise again. The second time he's not coming to deal with sin. He is coming to save those who are eagerly waiting for him, to bring about the fullness of our salvation. Revelation chapter 22 says this three different times. Verse 7 says, Behold, I am coming soon. 
Blessed is the, uh, excuse me, uh, blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Verse 12, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. Verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. So three times in the last chapter of the Bible, Jesus says, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. I am coming soon. So all through the New Testament, it is taught plainly and clearly and repeatedly that Jesus is coming back. So if we believe the Bible, we must believe that Christ will return. And what about the fact that he hasn't returned yet? Revelation 22 says that Jesus is coming soon, and yet it's been almost 2,000 years since that book was written. What are we to do with that? The fact that Jesus has not returned yet should not discourage us or cause us to doubt because of what Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3, verses 8 through 10. Peter knew there would be people who scoffed, perhaps they were already scoffing in his day, at the idea of the return of Christ because there was some sort of delay or because uh, the return of Christ seemed like some huge cataclysmic event that was not likely to happen. Here's what Peter says, 2 Peter 3, starting in verse 8. He says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. So it may seem like it's taking a long time for Jesus to return, but remember that God does not um, reckon time the same way that we do. With the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. might seem like a long time to us, but with God... It's not. So we need to be patient um, and we need to trust the Lord's promise. If you have trouble believing that God is going to, uh, that Christ is going to return like God said, remember all the other promises that he has made, that he has kept. Many of them promises that were made years and maybe even hundreds of years before they were fulfilled. God has proven himself faithful over and over and over and over again so that we will be able to trust him when it's our turn to wait for a promise to be fulfilled as it is right now. So that's the first truth. Christ will return again. That's a non-negotiable. That's a fundamental. All Christians believe and affirm that Jesus will return. Here's number two. We do not know when Christ will return. Despite how clear this is in the Bible, there continue to be people who attempt to set dates about the, for the return of Christ. So they think that they know when he's coming back, what day or what year or whatever. But the Bible tells us plainly and emphatically that none of us knows when Jesus is going to return. Matthew 24, 36, this is Jesus himself. He says, concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, 
but the Father only. None of us knows when Jesus is coming back. If somebody tells you they know when Jesus is coming back, that's a good reason to stop listening to them because evidently they are not listening to Jesus and the Bible because Jesus says in the Bible that none of us knows when he's going to return. Matthew 25, 13 says, Watch therefore... For you know neither the day nor the hour. You don't know when Jesus is coming back, so be ready. That's his point. Be ready because you don't know the time of Christ's return. So don't try to predict it. Don't listen to people who try to predict it. Instead, focus on being ready. Be prepared as though it were today, knowing that it could be a long time from now. The people who lived in the first century probably thought that Jesus would come back in their lifetime. People who lived throughout the history of the church have probably expected for Jesus to come in their lifetime. We would love for Jesus to come in our lifetime, and he might and he might not. But whether or not he does, we should live as though he will. We should be ready for his return. So that's the second truth about the return of Christ. Nobody knows when it's going to happen. Here's the third truth. Christ's return will be visible. Christ's return will be visible. We will see it. If we're here on the earth to witness it, we will see it. Matthew 24, verse 27, Jesus says, For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. If you have two people standing outside looking at the sky and lightning strikes, one of them doesn't have to say to the other, did you see that? Because you saw it. Everybody saw it. Everybody who was looking at the sky saw it. Jesus says that's what his return is going to be like. Everyone's going to see it. Verse 30 of Matthew 24, Jesus says, Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. They're going to see Him. It's going to be visible. The return of Christ will be a visible event. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. So Jesus' return will be visible. People will see him. If someone has to tell you that Jesus has returned, he hasn't. Everyone will know when he comes. Matthew 24, 23 to 28, Jesus says, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, Look, he is in the wilderness, Do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. 
For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. So you won't need to read about the return of Christ in a tabloid. No one will have to tell you what has happened. When he comes, you will see it for yourself if you are here. The return of Christ will be visible. That's number three. And here's number four. We should look forward to Christ's return. All through the New Testament, there is this emphasis on our anticipation, our eagerness for the return of Christ. And um, in seasons of, of difficulty and hardship, whether personally or for our country or the world, this gets even easier, right? We become even more eager to say, Lord, we want you to come back. We want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want you to come and set things right. Come and rescue your people. Here's what 1 Corinthians 16.22 says. Our Lord, come. That's sort of a, almost a closing prayer for 1 Corinthians. Maranatha. Our Lord, come, Paul says. Philippians 3.20, Paul says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't just know that He's going to come back. We are awaiting Him. We are awaiting His return. We are wanting Him to come back. 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 9 and 10 says, They themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. So when the Thessalonians, the believers at Thessalonica, they, when they became Christians, here's what Paul says happened to them. They turned from idols, from false gods, to God, the one true and living God, uh, to serve Him. That's the first thing. They turned from idols to God to serve God. And second, to wait from his son, uh, for His Son to come from heaven. So when they turned from idols, they started worshiping the true God and they started waiting for the return of Christ, anticipating the day when Christ would come back for His people. Hebrews 9.28 says, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. He's coming back for those who are eagerly waiting for Him, which means all believers should be eagerly waiting for Him. We should be longing for His return. And finally, Revelation 22:20, 20, when Jesus says, Surely I am coming soon, John says, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. That is the cry of the New Testament. It ought to be the cry of every Christian. Come, Lord Jesus. We want you to come. We want you to return. We want you to set all things right. We know He will return. We don't know when he'll return, though. But we are waiting for his return. We are eager for his return. And we know that when he returns, his return is going to be visible. 
People are going to see it. It's going to be obvious. It's going to be evident. And we are looking forward to that day because of all the good things that are going to come for His people when He returns for His bride. Next time we're going to talk about the event that is going to coincide with the return of Christ, and that is the resurrection of believers. I look forward to talking to you about that next time, Lord willing. And in the meantime, we say one more time, come Lord Jesus.